What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Australian Football Chat on the South Coast Football League podcast. And Jordan, the Tudor's looking for a new coach. Ante Milicic has stepped back from the role just before three of the biggest tournaments in Matilda's history, to be honest. Yeah, look, it's uh, slightly disappointing for the Matildas from their perspective, but in saying that, Ante Milicic did sign a three-year deal with the uh, new A-League side, MacArthur. Uh, so you can only... It, it was only a matter of time. Only a matter it? of time. Uh, look, he was uh, all in all. Uh, his time at the uh, helm of the women's uh, national team was overly positive. The World Cup was slightly disappointing. Uh, but he was uh, a good steadier of the ship following the Alan Stagic uh, debacle uh, last year. Uh, was supposed to take the team to the Olympics this year, but of course with uh, COVID-19 uh, got pushed back to uh, to 2021. So won't get to take the team to the Olympics. Uh, I don't think he can be blamed for that World Cup in all. Uh, it was fairly disjointed and uh, I think that was more it's of a... It's kind of like we sabotaged ourselves for a failure. I think showed away, I it think. was uh, more of a higher up... Uh, Thing that that thing. I don't think the players or the coaches had any uh, say in, in our walk in the World Cup uh, situation. Look, uh, James Johnson has come out this week and said that uh, there was there was there was the chance that Milicic could have uh, done both the Matildas and and Macarthur, but uh, in in the under the, under the same breath, he said it I'll was honest, almost reckon, impossible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely impossible. Uh, joining him uh, at Macarthur is also uh, Matildas former Matildas assistant Ivan Jolic and the technical analyst Kate Cohen. So they're yeah. both leaving the Matildas for, for MacArthur Be under interesting the for agreement. MacArthur, yeah. Uh, look, overall, in his uh, short stay at the uh, helm of the Matildas job, positive feedback, most notably Elise Kellen-Knight, who is uh, currently out with an ACL injury, stating it was an honour to play for Ante and, uh, of course, uh, Matildas uh, experienced uh, defender Alana Kennedy, also expressed her gratitude via the socials. Uh, the FFA are now on the hunt to uh, find a new coach. Uh, as to who that will be, uh, I guess we'll discuss that yeah. now. Oh, yeah, well, we'll discuss this first. Is it? Do you reckon it was bad timing or perfect timing just before three big tournaments in the Asian Cup Olympics and obviously our home World Cup? Look, I think uh, it should have been expected that he was going to leave, but in saying that, the timing... Is probably the best it was going to be. Yeah, uh, there is a fair fair amount of time to find a replacement, and for that said replacement to implement a system. Uh, of course, Ante Milicic would be slightly disappointed. He'd never say it, but uh, to, oh, yeah. to play at so many of those tournaments would have been brilliant for for his experience and CV. And yeah, but he would have known that when he signed for Macarthur. But he signed uh, a three year deal with Macarthur, and he's and he has uh, he's decided to honour that, which is. Uh, and of course, uh, MacArthur would be happy that he's decided to honour that. But uh, Ante Milicic has proven uh, in his roles as uh, assistant coaches of national teams and uh, A League setups that he is more than capable of uh, coaching uh, at the top level. Now, we're about to discuss it. Now, the next coaching decision by the FFA is probably the most crucial coaching decision they've had to make, in all honesty, because this is the coach who's going to take us through to the biggest tournaments in world football and our biggest tournament in a home World Cup. These are honestly the three biggest tournaments for women's football in this country that we've ever seen. And it's so crucial that we get that right because you can just absolutely skyrocket this game in this country, both genders as well. Any tips as to who comes in as the next coach? 
Yeah, uh, that the the point that it's crucial is uh, re- has been reiterated by by James Johnson. Uh, quoting, he's quoted to have said that the next Matildas coach must lift our game to the next level. In terms of tips, uh, look, there's a everyone's sort of an outsider. I don't believe there's any favourites. One of the more notable outsiders is, of course, the uh, head of the Arsenal women's team, uh, Joe Montemuro. Yes. Uh, of course, has just signed a number of Matildas. Uh, mm, I can't see him leaving Arsenal, though. They're looking to build something huge over there. Hence why he's uh, an outsider, I believe. He's yeah. probably, if not the most suited to he's take the their suited, role. He's but he's just... Yeah, he's got the best job out of the lot. But in saying that, I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon. And, of course, he would have a... Uh, substantial contract with uh, Arsenal. Uh, probably more obvious shouts, uh, more likely as well. Uh, we've got Ante Juric, who has, of course, been at Sydney FC for a number of seasons now. Probably my pick for the role, to be honest. I believe his uh, style of football is very yeah. uh, attractive to watch and it is uh, very effective in saying that too. Another shout-out is Ross Aloisi, of course, brother of John, uh, former assistant coach at uh, Brisbane Raw Men's. Can I just mention as well, there was talk on Simon Hill's new podcast the other day and it sounded like a complete outside at the moment, but there was a mention of John Aloisi mm. as a possible candidate for this role. Yeah, look, he's out of a role and I know I know John's uh, passionate about uh, learning more about the game and has travelled over overseas to learn about the coaching techniques of some of the in some of the best clubs in the world. Uh, look, I uh, think it would be a, a pretty Good shout as well in saying that. Another one I didn't mention was also Rado Vitasic, also been at Melbourne City for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, he's probably a slight outsider. But uh, There's a lot look, of outsiders, isn't there? Look, I don't think anyone's a favourite. I, I, and we'll it's, just, it's, we'll it's, just sign them all. It's so raw at the moment, the uh, Milicic uh, leaving, so it's uh, probably going to take a few weeks for a few favourites to emerge. We'll, ta- we'll move on now. So we've got the A-League game reviews from uh, Friday night. We'll start with Sydney 3, Wellington 1. We Were you happy with this one? Oh, I stoked with it. It uh, was a return to the A-League. In saying that, and uh, I'll touch on this uh, a bit later with the, the Sydney FC game last night, Sydney FC were, were outplayed for a lot of the game, to be honest. Uh, Knicks, uh, the Phoenix were, were quality, and a credit to Talley, they were... Looking to win the game of football with a, a very uh, attacking brand of football, but in that saying that, that them down in the end. That really. led to their demise as uh, speedy Trent Bahaja came on late, and uh, both of his goals in the three-one win were from uh, a Phoenix high line. Uh, I missed those two. I had to go pick my sister up from dancing. I missed the last ten minutes. It was one-one, and I was going. I was like, okay. We're not going to draw the whole Hollywood that. And then I come back. It's like, oh yeah, three-one. I was just like, what did I miss? It was Seriously, <laughs> an, a Bahaja masterclass you missed. In saying that, too, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, Phoenix star Davia had a bit of a night to forget. Uh, he had a big night to was, forget. He was subbed on in the second half, uh, gave away a penalty, uh, and also gave the ball away for Sydney FC second uh, in a precarious position. So uh, I thought that was a bit sus, though. It looked like he used his chest before he his arm, in my opinion. Need VAR. Need, oh. Touch on that now. We'll get to that. VAR talks. There was a couple of controversial calls, both Sydney's way and Wellington's way, in my opinion. But the most notable was that handball call and the offside call for uh, Gary Hooper. But look, do you reckon the game is better with or without VAR? Everyone asks each other this, but what's your opinion? 
Well, in saying that, I enjoyed the game, the Sydney FC versus Phoenix, in the fact that and, and this flowed. Is the, isn't this is the same yeah. with every with every A League game that's happened so far. I've enjoyed that it's just flowed. Uh, despite there, there will without the AR, there will be some decisions that are wrong. Uh, that is the beauty of football, though, and people make mistakes. And as long as they're not the howlers, it, I'm I'm okay with that. I don't believe any decision on in this game was a howler. I believe that it could have gone either way. Look, I get that VAR is perfect to spot the the shockers that the refer, that referees will inevitably make. It happens, but the way it has historically been used, and specifically in the in the A League, it's been used to. Uh, uh, stop uh, sort of it's been used in the nitty-gritty situations that could go either way which is if there was a few decisions like that in this Sydney FC versus uh, in the Sydney FC versus Wellington Phoenix game in other words there's uh, it hasn't been used to spot the shocker and it's been overthought by the VAR and has to be used correctly and I also like to add there's been decisions made by the VAR that have been incorrect so it's not even the system that's yeah. wrong it's still a referee watching it on the screen so, so the referee so needs do you to get scrap it right it, do you reckon I am all supporting. I'm all support for scrapping it. But in saying that, if they can get the technology right, if they can get the decisions right, then I'm not overuse it. It's a time. It's almost come to a point where referees were over dependent on it. They say, "Okay, I'll call this because I can check it up later." Well, there's been so many decisions where the game has been, it's been stopped and it's it's slowed it down and it's created like like eight minutes of injury time at the not in the 90th yeah, minute. Yeah, no one likes that. Just because the refs just what, what they've been told in their ear to check a decision and then it's like no, and then there's no nothing to come of it and it's not a howler. If it's something really, really small, the ref shouldn't even be checking it. it. It's 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 only for the shockers and it's the and that's when the assistant referee can say in the ear, look, you've made a mistake there. That's a penalty or that's a mm. red card, whatever it is. It's uh it, but that's not what it's been used for, and that's not just in the A League too. It's all over the world that's happened. But I'm just this is an yeah, Australian, this is football, Australian chat, football chat, so I'm <laughs> specific. I'm making it the A League, yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, look, the flow of the game was so much better. It felt more like football again, in in my opinion. The worst thing about VAR, in my opinion, is when you're at home, you're playing at home, for example, and like you score a goal. <laughs> And everyone's celebrating like crazy. And then it gets taken off you and just takes away the beauty of it. Or the worst one is when you don't know if it's going to get chalked out and nobody celebrates until after the decision. You're celebrating a decision, not a goal. That's the worst thing about VAR. But if they can get it right, I'm all for a little bit of use of yeah. VAR. At the moment, it's it's it has ruined a, slot, a bit of passion, specifically in the A-League, in the goal scoring, because <laughs> it seems like every single goal gets checked. So even yeah. after the... Uh, you, the goal, there can't be a straight uh, kickoff and straight into the game. It's got That's to wait it, yeah. two minutes to check, make sure that uh, someone's uh, nose wasn't offside or something yeah. along those lines. Uh, those ones are the worst. But we'll move on now. Perth Gorey won over Central Coast Mariners nil with Dane Ingham grabbing the goal in the 32nd minute. This was Central Coast Mariners' first ever away game in Central Coast. <laughs> oh, Actually, was... sorry, at Central Coast Stadium because they have played Central Coast United before. Their first ever away game at Central Coast Stadium. For Perth, though, and the only thing we were looking for as locals, no Thomas James in the squad just yet, but you'd think he'd be coming in very soon. Yeah, you would uh, think he'd make the next uh, match day squad, which is tonight uh, against Wellington Phoenix. Uh, look, it was a, this result was a bit of a grind for Perth Glory, but both sides were a little bit rusty. Central Coast looked good uh, and very dangerous at times through Sam Silvera, who's been a bit of a shining light for them in a 
pretty poor season. And of course, uh, Ruiz Diaz, who came uh, came off the bench, uh, Diaz. was uh, quite uh, impressive. That's his name. I said Buenos Diaz. Buenos Diaz. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were correcting my name. Uh, and of course, uh, Milan Juric uh, was impressive in the middle of the park. He's uh, got an eye for picking a pass, uh, does uh, Juric. Uh, but the Mariners, quite disappointing in the Very fact Very disappointing, that in my opinion. Their team, and it's happened for a number of seasons now, they they have so much potential, but they are so naive at the same time. Like they Specifically, they have a lot of experience in Mark Brigitte, a number of A-League games. Ziggy Gordon, uh, international. Uh, Jordan Murray, unfortunately, did his shoulder. Jordan Murray, uh, unfortunate with the injury. Uh, but uh, a number of experienced players, Jack uh, Jack Clisby as well. They have a lot of experience and they just don't know how to defend and it's, it's very quite disappointing. disappointing. Yeah, it is. Very uninspiring has Central Coast been. They, there was no entertainment from them, no desire. They're really not playing anything. There's no promotion or relegation, which we will touch on later. But with no relegation, they've got nothing to play for, don't they? So it's very uninspiring. But next game now, Adelaide 1, Brisbane Royal nil with Opseth grabbing a goal in the sixth minute. The goal nets have hit again. They've struck again. The curse of the goal nets. We've hit another peak A-League moment. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I watched that. And I believe again. on Twitter it was Vince Regari. Uh, we'll call for for calling for Costa Barbarossas to come and fix it. That's right. Uh, but uh, Vince Vince McGarry on Twitter stating that it was, uh, I believe it was the person that fixed the net was someone wearing a uh, rug, a specific rugby league team's uh, oh, no. logo on the hat. No. Uh, so uh, that is a little bit that peak A league. Peak A league, big time. But look, new hunger for victory under Carl Vett for Adelaide United. Paul is, though, probably a man of the match performance, to be honest with you. I put on some huge saves. Made. Uh, I think it was eight saves. the The stat was against Brisbane. Uh, look, it was a bit unlucky for for Brisbane to be honest. I actually didn't think they played too bad. It was just uh, the first ten minutes. Adelaide started the stronger and look. Warren Moon, new coach at the helm after Robbie Fowler uh, did not return after the COVID nineteen postponement, was happy with what he saw. Uh, didn't want to face another press conference with you. He didn't want to face any more presses. Uh, not just me, but all the all the journos. He doesn't. He's uh, not a fan. But uh, look, they look defensively resilient. I thought Brisbane, uh, despite the obviously the the one nil loss, sp- uh, not very spectacular at the other end of the park. Uh, not many. Uh, well, they they forced a lot of saves out of Izzo, but in saying that, uh, the a lot of the chances uh, they, they should have put away a lot of the chances. So uh, look, there's there are some positives out of it, but um, look. When the opposition goalkeepers the uh, standout and you win the game, you can only thank one man. That's exactly right. Now, obviously, the most disappointing result of the round: Newcastle two, Sydney FC one. Premier's plate celebrations put on hold with Costa Pachata scoring his first A League goal in the ninetieth minute. It's concerning for the is it is concerning for the Sky Blues going into the finals? They haven't exactly been convincing the last two games. It's probably just a slow start for all sides, but I, I get that uh, there will be a few. Uh, concerns after the result last night. Sydney FC took the lead, but from all accounts, uh, Newcastle were the better side for the majority of the 90 minutes, and when Anthony Caceres took the lead, it was against the run of play. Uh, Newcastle, especially in the second half, and uh, Mark Wozniak said it at halftime, that Newcastle will, will win this game if they keep playing the way they did, and, and they did. Uh, Sydney never seemed to leave first gear. Uh, look... Andrew Redmayne, perhaps a question for the 
Costa Petrados winner. Uh, Red Main, of course, made it. Was a, a weird looking shot, wasn't it? He, yeah, Redmayne uh, made a quality save off Roy O'Donovan in the first half, and and I'm of uh, the opinion that Andrew Redmayne's probably the uh, probably in the top two best keepers in the league, but. There's just a couple of mistakes that uh, he has notoriously made that uh, does get you concerned a little bit. But uh, look, I believe that one should have been saved, and I think uh, his uh, defenders in front of him were a little uh, annoyed that he uh, let that one get past him. But in saying that, uh, Sydney FC are still runaway leaders, so a win in the next fixture against second place Melbourne City will uh, sew up the Premier's plate, or even a draw will. Big game that one coming up. A-League previews now for the games until we record our podcast next, which is next Wednesday. We've got Perth against Wellington at Bankrest Stadium tonight. The first effort did since Derby where they've met each other halfway. Unbelievable times. <laughs> Wellington, I'll be honest with you, I reckon Wellington are smoky for the, the final series later on. What's your opinion on them? Yeah, look, they're looking very uh, good at the moment. I believe this is actually uh, a battle of the Smokies, to be honest, because I've uh, stated that I think it'll be a, a Sydney versus Perth grand final. Uh, this will be the tightest distance derby in history, is my, <laughs> is my call. I believe uh, there's nothing to split between these two sides. It'll be interesting down the flanks in this game, I believe. Uh, of course, Wellington left back. Uh, Kakache has been uh, having a stellar season. Uh, of course, won uh, Wellington's penalty against Sydney FC last week and was unlucky to not get another one. Uh, he goes up against uh, former soccer Ivan Franjic on, the, on uh, Perth's right-hand side. So, look, I think both uh, fullbacks should find some space in behind, so that may bode for an entertaining uh, goal-scoring match. Question on every local's list, will we see TJ, do you reckon? Look, I think it's a little it's a little bit early. Uh, look, whether or not he's in the squad is, a, is another question. Uh, you would think he'd probably make the bench, but, uh, look, it just depends on the game. But with the uh, five-substitute uh, opportunity window for... Uh, Tony Popovich and all coaches in the A-League, uh, we uh, could potentially see him for a little cameo. Next one, F3 Derby on Friday night, 7.30 at Central Coast Stadium. We've got Mariners up against Newcastle. Mariners are honestly looking lifeless at the moment, but the Jets need nothing other than three points if they want to push for the finals, and they'll be high on confidence after beating Sydney FC earlier. Look, that, that performance last night for the Jets, uh, they could, uh, well, they can beat anyone. They've just beaten the, the runaway leaders uh, away from home. The uh, the forward line last night of Newcastle in Bernie Abini, Roy O'Donovan, uh, foreigner uh, Arroyo, and, uh, of course, Nick Fitzgerald with that wonder goal last night against Sydney FC. Look, I think uh, if they find any sort of form against the Mariners as they did it against Sydney FC, that will make the uh, Central Coast Mariners' defence look like absolute clowns, I think. <laughs> Doesn't seem too hard at the moment. No offence to them. But Saturday, 5pm at Bankwest, we've got Wellington against Adelaide. Two games in four days for Wellington. Adelaide will be fresh from Sunday. It's hard to pick this one at the moment with Wellington playing tonight, but look, it'll be very interesting. The next one, though, is one you can't pick, honestly, because these two teams have not played yet. It's the first we've seen of Victorian sides in this new revamped restart. Saturday, 7.35 at Bankwest Stadium. We've got Melbourne victory against Western United. No Ola Toivonen for victory, but do you reckon we'll see the likes of Patrick and Tommy from City United playing for Western United this weekend, possibly? Yeah, I hope so. Not just our, uh, and tell me There were uh, a number of uh, good signings yeah. from uh, State League sides in the A-League for the remainder of this season. 
Victory have a fairly depleted squad, and that was made worse by the announcement that Robbie Cruz will miss the remainder of the season with a knee injury. So that's uh, very, very uh, disappointing for the uh, Socceroo to miss the rest of the season. Still quality there in uh, Marco Rojas and Andrew Naboot. Look, my tip for this one is uh, Western United victory and uh, good old Bessart Barucho to score the winner after being cooped oh, up in isolation for, for four months. God knows what he's been doing in isolation. Monday, 7.30 at Central Coast Stadium. We've got the Mariners against the Wanderers. First we've seen of the Wanderers. Interesting to see what they'll look like. First game since the break. They've obviously lost a low pass, so there's a possibility of Pendergrass between the sticks from Blacktown City. And, of course, we've got another local in Tate Russell playing for Western Sydney. Good chance he'll be featuring in that game as well. Moving on now, we've got reports on news.com.au. Several reports are stating that several European clubs from Germany, Denmark, Belgium, and Cyprus are after Western Sydney striker Mitch Duke. Now, if you were Mitch Duke and this was true and you've gone options from Germany, Denmark, Belgium or Cyprus, where would you go? Oh, look, there's uh, a lot of those leagues in uh, in Europe are a, a good breeding ground for, for talent. I probably choose Belgium, to be honest. But uh, look, he can only really take what he is offered. Look, it's an interesting one. I think uh, it relies on... It does rely on Western Sydney. Mitch Duke has stated that they uh, have not contacted him for a contract extension, but which seems a little strange considering the there was a massive uh, song. He's got and, the armband at the moment. Too. He's got the armband. Uh, there was a massive song and dance when he returned to the well when he signed for the club, uh, returning to his uh, boyhood club in uh, inverted commas, being a Western Sydney uh, boy growing up. Look. At 29 years of age is Mitch Duke now. You feel like if he's going to go, it has to be now. Mm. Uh, the question is, though, is he, is he good enough? He's had stints overseas, uh, most notably in Japan. Uh, made almost 100 appearances uh, in the J-League with uh, little goal returns. So uh, not the best record overseas. Look, Mitch Duke, of course, quoting during the week, saying he, he's been quite surprised that he hasn't had too much interest in Australia but that could be due to the coronavirus and the financial side of things. But I do feel as though he has a good, he's had a good run of form recently, but he has not over his career had the most notable goal scoring He plays a different style record. of football to some of these European teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would say that. If, if he can keep up this form, then sure, he's in a shout to uh, move to another club, but... Look, he's had a very there was there's obviously been a break, but in terms of football matches played, he's having a good run of form. But he's not currently in my top crop of A League forwards that I would suggest would be moving to Europe recently uh, in current uh, circumstances. So, look, if he gets a move to Europe, good on him. But I don't think uh, if Western Sydney Wanderers put a contract on the table, I think uh, he will definitely sign it. But if they don't, where would you go? Which country? Belgium. Belgium, I said it before. You Belgium. Say that. I'll probably go Germany, to be honest with you. I like the look of Germany. It looks like a nice country. Now, a topic we are strong about, coverage of Australian football. There was a lack of TV numbers and a lack of promotion again for A-League games last week. I don't remember seeing a real standout ad, do you? I, don't, I can't recall one. No, we had – yeah, no, we've had this conversation uh, off, uh, off uh, camera before, but uh, – 
Yeah, not a lot of uh, coverage for the newly returning uh, A-League season. In saying that, there's uh, different ways that uh, the game's being promoted these days. Of course, there's the move to the online, uh, watching it on the tablets. Uh, of course, there's uh, KO Sports. There's uh, the My Football Live app. Uh, look, the no promotion to the league probably correlates with the uh, lack of television numbers. Uh, look, we seem to be in a bit of a period of lack, a bit of a lackluster period in the A League that we do have to get through. But the signs are there that uh, I believe if there was a, a change in 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 terms of creating a second div, getting promotion and relegation, that would secure and and securing a, a more of uh, a, a TV deal with greater longevity than the one we have now yeah. would create more fan engagement and the, therefore spike uh, TV numbers but and TV and crowd numbers. But uh, in saying that, I think that the diehard, fan, diehard fans are going to keep the league going for the time being and hopefully uh, in the not too distant future, there's a bit more interest with the addition of new teams and uh, new uh, formats mm-hmm. of the league. Yeah, there was huge concern for the TV numbers despite not including the streaming numbers. I swear the rumoured amount was 12,000 people on TV, but that doesn't include the streaming numbers as well, so that could mask a bit of... Well, that's what the... Uh, the pessimists of the A League uh, say those numbers and say There's how poor it is, but then they There's don't take into account the on demand, the KO sports. And they're also the, the ones who don't watch it either. That's right. So yeah, it's. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into the the TV numbers at the moment. It's a very um, well, not just at the moment. In the last few few seasons, it's a changing nature of the way we watch uh, all sport and all television in life. I think. Uh, Look, it's just a bit of a transitional period, I think, for specifically football in this country. Now, another alarming one was that there was no extended coverage from Fox Sports, no pregame shows, lack of exposure. There was an interesting point from Simon Hill on his new podcast, and he that we do reference his podcast a fair bit because there are a lot of interesting points that him, Spider Kalach, and Craig Moore make. And this one's regarding promotion and coverage. Is that mainstream media show no interest in covering this game? So we have to do it is ourselves. An example he made was the pregame show for Sydney FC that he's doing at the moment. Do you reckon we need to see more of these club streaming shows, or maybe the possibility of a dedicated A League Facebook or Twitter stream show run by the league itself, something like that? Is that the way to go for the future? Do you think? I quite enjoyed uh, Simon's uh, coverage of before the Sydney FC game against Wellington Phoenix. With Luke uh, Wilkshire, nonetheless. So we, uh, but in answer to your question, there probably needs to be a, a dedicated A League social media platform shows before games. Whether or not, that. whether or not there's resources to do that. Uh, in terms of the Fox Sports, no pregame or or well, there's a slight post game show. It's a bit of a stretch to call it that. <laughs> But uh, I remember uh, speaking to one pundit from Fox Sports uh, where he uh, scoffed at the fact he just he just commentated a match and then he was running down at the 90th minute to do post-match player interviews. That's this is before bad, COVID-19. It? And uh, so he suggested that uh, Fox Sports, you do we have to do everything ourselves. Mm. So that's not the uh, way forward for, a, a, I guess, a, a solid structure in the... TV department, that can't happen, but they just don't seem to have the resources in terms of journalists to cover 
all these positions and mm. uh, they have let go a few, most notably Simon Hill. And Daniel Garb. And Daniel Garb <laughs> as well. And a number of uh, uh, journalists at Only Fox the Sports and, and at uh, other media outlets as well. Look... They've only it's, let go of the best football journalists, you know. No alarm. Oh, no, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. But the, I guess this uh, Sydney FC show and the potential for a, for an A League uh, media coverage is the is the way of the future. But it's also a way for us to transition into the uh, clear lack of uh, interest from Fox Sports in the uh, yeah in the in the A League. I uh, at the at this current uh, period of time. Moving on now, there is a once again the talk of the second division after the Mariners won eleven losses in a row, and it's been suggested by Spider Calats that the Mariners that playing for nothing, providing nothing, they're just lifeless at the moment. And look, Spider makes interesting points about the old NSL clubs, the foundations, your Sydney United, your Sydney Olympics, your Wolves, your Adelaide Cities, for example. These clubs have survived on their own without any help. To an extent, they say we all we all don't know the ins and outs. We're just observers. But can you see clubs like this making a possible second vision in the future? The biggest thing I reckon is whether it's going to be semi-professional or professional. Because if it's professional, there needs to be more money involved. Mm. Oh, it has to be professional. I don't, I don't think it can be semi-professional at all. But in saying that, um, there's there's been a number of talks, especially with James Johnson coming in, that there's. Has to be more money and more resources into promoting a second division. Uh, I believe it will happen eventually. I just don't know how quickly yeah. it's going to get there. Yeah. You talk about the Mariners, like they are, they they are currently sitting fourteenth in the TPO ranking system at the moment. A few NPL clubs ahead of them. Who, who are the NPL clubs? There's I believe it's Blackdown City. There would be Arpia Leichhardt, and there's I believe it would be Heidelberg United. Mm. In, in the uh, MPL Victoria. That's really concerning. There's a number of teams in MPL leagues that I believe would beat the Mariners in, oh, under the current... I oh, agree, yeah. Look, they are renowned for playing attacking football and I, I backed them uh, muchly when they played under Paul Ocon. The, you could see the style and the substance was there. There's just too many individual areas in that side that it, it just can't be easy to for Alan Stagic to coach that oh, side. Oh, God, no. Um, he's trying to implement a system and, and just nothing seems to go their way. Uh, you can't uncoach individual errors. So, But, look, the promotion relegation second division argument, it will happen uh, and hopefully it happens sooner rather than later to yeah. make the league a little more interesting. Spider also mentioned about transfer compensation. Obviously, he's involved in Sydney United who have lost about three players to the A-League now. One more notably is Patrick Antomi to Western United. Spider said Sydney United would have loved a little bit of a reward transfer fee for Patrick Antomi, and that just gets the funds flowing into the game more so. And it provides, like, if you get a transfer fee or something like that, there's more money being pumped into the game. They're going to be, they can be used as sort of like funding for these lower clubs, sort of like how the football ecosystem is helping support these local clubs. Another one would be the Wolves, who would have loved a fee for, for TJ for Perth. So, Brings in a good reason as to why we need some sort of transfer system soon. Yeah, it's been uh, highly noted that uh, James Johnson, in his uh, recent appointment, he's, one of his goals is to improve the transfer system in Australia. It's probably his main goal, to be honest. Uh, he stated that we uh, are very uh, naive in terms of uh, learning how it works. So 
Yeah, look, uh, uh, transfer system uh, also means scrapping salary caps. Uh, which I'm all for. So, <laughs> which I think uh, 99% of uh, people are all for in this uh, country. So, uh, look, uh, a transfer fee for Antelmi to Sydney United uh, should be the norm. It should be. It should be what happens to help the club and give them an incentive uh, to go out and spend that money or reinvest it into their club. It's it's just the way it should be. Well, that's our show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Australian Football Show. Be sure to support the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, just give us a listen. Give us a download. Even if you listen to a little snippet for a couple of minutes, it's greatly appreciated from us. We're looking to build something here. We're looking to build something big for football coverage, both locally, statewide, and nationally. We want to grow this as much as we can, see how we go. But thanks for listening to us. Be sure to keep listening to us. And you've got football friends. Please tell them to listen to us as well. Okay, stay safe. We'll see you guys next week.